I'm Grace and I'm on a journey of holistic sustainability. This podcast was created to explore what conscious living really means in the most inclusive and accessible way and to share it with whoever wanted to listen. So tune in each episode for discussions of everything from intersectional environmentalism, being black in nature and the realities of sustainable living, to self-care rituals, recipes, reviews and conversations with everyday folks doing extraordinary things. Welcome to the Green Soul Grace podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Green Soul Grace podcast. Yes, it's me, Grace. It has been a little while. I have been away a fair amount doing uh, the staycations, as everybody is calling them, and also just taking a little time just to really be, to be honest. I really do sometimes find social media quite overwhelming and I'm always battling with the, with finding the balance of being present and connecting with people and staying maintained in my connection with people and just like running away and being overwhelmed. (laughs) So I haven't quite found the balance, but here I am back again. Uh, Really, really lovely to be recording again. Have some amazing episodes lined up for you all. This episode is going to be a great one as well. Um, Do a bit of chit chat. Uh, some environmental news and bits and pieces, some seasonal news. And then we have an interview with the amazing Emma of Mama Luna. So Emma is a yoni steaming practitioner and she is just incredible. And I can't wait for you to hear the interview. So anybody who knows about yoni steaming or doesn't know about yoni steaming, even if you, even if you know a bit, you're going to learn a lot. And for those who don't know, you might have also heard it Um, be called uh, vaginal steaming it's a really really incredible practice so you're going to learn so much she also makes reusable menstrual pads sleeping masks Uh, she builds the yoni steaming thrones herself which she sells and she was also the maker of the original collection of green cell grace cutlery sets she helped bring my vision to life she's just an amazing person so i can't wait for you to hear that interview that'll come a little later so what's happening in the world in the environmental world even though you know the environmental world is the world but specifically the environmental world I guess we can section it off as well the big story this week has been which hasn't necessarily been hugely hugely widespread but is that the company Oatly and for those who don't know Oatly is a very 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 big oat milk brand they're Swedish I think they are Swedish though I think that their oat milk is produced in Germany they have basically taken the plant milk sort of industry by storm they are massive so they do oat milk in about five different varieties barista um, organic enriched like whole fresh semi-skimmed fresh they do oat gurt they do well sorry i think they're just about to release oat gurt they do oatly ice cream they do oatly single cream they do oatly custard they do oatly creme fraiche like they are killing the game their marketing is a little bit questionable i know a lot of people get really annoyed with how they like market themselves on their boxes but the taste is good and I use a lot of Oatly. It's the closest thing that I can find in terms, I mean, I don't even really like the taste of taste at all of cow's milk. I don't drink it 
in that way anymore but the creaminess that it gives to tea definitely you know a lot of plant-based milks leave the creaminess to be desired but oatly especially the fresh blue one that has to stay in the fridge regardless of if it's opened that one is amazing um so I buy a lot of it I buy and I drink a lot of it but I've got ahead of myself the whole thing that's happening with Oatly is that they have had a massive share about 200 million dollars bought by the company the investment group Blackstone so if I'll just have a look yep so it's 200 million um, and for those that don't maybe know about Blackstone, Blackstone, um, the Blackstone Group is an investment group, a massive, massive, massive private investment um, group that have links to companies, investing in companies that are actively um, involved in the deforestation of the Amazon and also have been linked to funding uh, Trump's um, administration <clears throat> during the times of presidential elections and, you know, just generally donating to the Trump administration. And they are now shareholders of this company. And this company, Oatly, is obviously a sustainable company. It's all about bringing sustainable practices to big business, about trying to introduce plant-based milk to the masses and plant-based living to the masses and this wasn't uh, an occurrence that happened through Oatly growing and then putting themselves on the market you know floating on the market when you become a public um, public company you can float on the market and anybody and everybody can buy shares that's the thing you, you can't decide but this was a contrived a uh, a thought out a you know a created scenario that they initiated so to read what Oatly has said in terms of why they have done this and they're out there with their whole chest saying like yeah we're we're funded by these guys now and it's for a good reason and it's you know it's a positive thing obviously there has been massive backlash absolutely massive backlash due to this because it just completely contradicts the values that Oatly the values that Oatly promotes and the values that people hold who buy Oatly you know buying Oatly because of these values so it's a very interesting issue and it's it's raised a lot of questions so to read what Oatly has said um this time in terms of because they're saying that they are always out there at the front line doing wild things and they're saying we've gone and done it again and saying this time it's about our current need for funding specifically 400 million us dollars in order to continue to grow as sustainably as possible and the demand for our products continue to skyrocket both in our current markets as well as in new markets this money will allow us to build factories in europe the us and in asia according to the same high standard standards as our existing product production sites 200 million were secured through a green deal bank loan where we are committed by the same terms of the loan to ensure that all of our investments are in sustainable solutions. The other 200 million came from an investment from Blackstone, an investment choice that makes for sensational headlines in a world where debates have become so dangerously black and white. But our thinking in working with Blackstone was quite the opposite of black and white. It was an intense thought process that was nuanced and in line with how we've often thought about change. Back in the day, when we were just a tiny oat milk company in the Swedish countryside, we asked ourselves this question. What can we do to create the greatest amount of change to positively impact the planet? Should we continue to sell our products through specialised health, organic and vegan stores since they had always supported us? 
Or should we be where the people are, in the supermarkets? The only problem with being in the supermarkets was that a significant part of their income was generated from selling meat and dairy products. But what would happen if we could show the supermarkets that by collaborating we could both increase our and their earnings while opening up a new potential category? Our bet was that it would result in better shelf placement for plant-based products, ultimately resulting in more people discovering them, learning about the benefits and then adjusting their eating habits. Since we are a sustainability company looking to create the most change possible, we went with the supermarkets and so far it seems our best, seems our bet is starting to work. The same reasoning prompted us to turn to Blackstone for a conversation about securing sustainable funding. Blackstone is like the biggest supermarket of the private equity sector. We thought that if we could convince them that it's as profitable and in their long term and in the long term even more profitable to invest in a sustainability company like Oatly, then all the other private equity firms of the world would look, listen and start to steer their collective worth of four trillion US dollars into green investments. Today, only a tiny fraction of all that venture capital ends up in sustainable investments. Had we chosen a specialised green investor for funding, we would have become a fractional part of that tiny fraction, ultimately remaining off the radar of major investment companies and having zero impact on influencing a transfer of investment to green companies. Instead, our bet is that when Blackstone's investment in our oat-based sustainability movement <clears throat> brings them larger returns than they would have been able to get elsewhere, like, say, from the dairy and meat industry, which are one of the major causes of deforestation in the Amazon today, a powerful message will be sent to the global private equity markets, one written in the only language our critics claim they will listen to, profit. If we ever want to have a chance of reaching the global climate goals of cutting the greenhouse gas emissions by 50% before 2030 and reach net zero emissions by 2050, we need to speak a language that the capital markets can understand. Doing so, potentially tr can, doing so can potentially trigger a massive flow of capital out of gas, oil and soybean production in the Amazon and into greener projects and companies. With global private equity working towards a green future, we actually have a chance of saving the planet for future generations. But the clock is ticking and the time to act is now, not tomorrow. It carries on, but you guys obviously get the general gist of that is that it's a tactical move to show other investors that investing into sustainability companies is profitable and for them to sort of be a beacon of example, uh, a, a positive example for this to happen. And I guess in theory that's true because they are very, very successful, but will they still be successful with the proposed boycotts that are happening that a lot of people are very, very upset about. I understand what they're saying, that you have to talk in the language of the of of today and what talks is money and profit. And that is why so many, so many unsustainable things still still remain so many unsustainable practices so many unsustainable businesses still remain is because they're profitable so people won't want to divest from that into things that they don't deem as prof profitable so i i appreciate that i do appreciate that and i have always thought that you have to appeal to whatever works for people because for some people it's not going to be 
eating a plant-based diet will be will be better for the planet or better for animals it's that oh it could be cheaper that's what will that's what will get people um you know not wasting electricity in their house and having proper insulation it's not necessarily for some people it's not going to link to the melting polar ice caps it's going to be oh it will save me money and that's what you then have to hone in on i totally totally believe that you have to target people where they will actually care in order to make the change because we need to make these changes but saying that will Oatly now be as profitable and also people do not want to spend their money me included to spend money on a company that the shareholders will then gain from that from my money and my my choice of spending there and still be funding unsustainable practices as well as funding Trump (laughs) no I can't I can't be doing any of that obviously there are many many things unfortunately in this life that we partake in because there are no other alternatives or we don't know any better you know or we don't know at all that's that's just this life you know that most things that you do you're never going to have a completely impact-free Uh, choice of spending but you can really 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 try your best and when you know that something you know when something is in your face to say that this is the direct result of what what you spend then you do have an obligation you know if it's within your means to change that something like Oatly Oatly is a luxury and Oatly isn't like a necessity in the sense that there aren't other options or there aren't other cheaper options and though Oatly is the biggest known sort of oat milk brand I would say at the moment there are a lot of people who are completely switching now and I really understand and I myself am planning to once I finish the sort of stock of Oatly that I have in my fridge because I do because I love it we'll be finding a new brand obviously the 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 best case scenario would be that I make my own oat milk and sometimes I do but sometimes I don't because my life just doesn't always facilitate that but it's nice it's nice to have a brand that you can fall back on and I have actually found a brand that I'm planning to try I'll I'll report back and let you know and this is actually a British made oat milk brand so oats grown and um, grown and then the oat milk produced in Britain actually I think in East Anglia um, a place called Glebe Farm so that is obviously a much more sustainable choice as well because though Oatly is great and though it's plant-based milk there's obviously still you know a food mile implication of the fact that it's um, grown I think grown in Sweden and then produced in Germany so finding one that's even more local will be fantastic so I'm hoping that this one tastes good in tea that's basically the litmus test so we will see but yeah, so that's the biggest kind of a scandal in the environmental world at the moment. That's I know that sounds very trite. There's obviously always so many, <laughs> so many things going on. Um, I'd be very interested to hear what people think about it. I will link all of the articles and the original thread that went viral about this. Um, about um, Oatly's decision and you know Oatly is there like I say replying on Twitter with their whole chest saying listen I'm sorry you feel like this but we think it's the best thing to do obviously they have to stand by their decision they're not gonna they're not gonna look like they regret it but it's very very interesting to kind of like yeah we we have teamed up with people that are known for their deforestation of the Amazon or their their investment in the deforestation of the Amazon their donation to a person a president who 
is going to pull out of the Paris Agreement. Like it's 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 a strong move. It's a strong move. And I really, really wonder how successful Oatly will be in order to justify these claims of a successful a successful investment into a sustainable company which they were hoping that other companies then follow suit. So we will see. We will see. So this month is September. This month is September, as I'm sure you know. And apparently, according to Instagram, it's no spend timber and also secondhand September. I don't know how these things happen, but you see it a couple of times on Instagram and you're like, oh, it must be. So this is no <laughs> this is no spend timber and secondhand September, which both things slightly I guess slightly uh, um, contradictory, but I guess if you are going to spend, so try not to spend, and then if you are going to spend, only spend secondhand, which are great, great initiatives and absolutely what we would want to be aiming for. I guess buying secondhand, depending on the kind of stuff you're buying, always does kind of, it, it, it does have to come with an element of privilege to be able to, sort of actively engage in that because you know even thinking about buying secondhand furniture like off facebook marketplace or or gumtree or you know even freecycle where it's then free it's fantastic and it's so good when you can find these things but if you don't have a car if you don't have a car or you don't live in a city where there's actual like decent transport that you might be able to get it on the bus but there's a limit to what you know the london bus drivers would even allow you onto the bus with you can't really go and do secondhand buying because you can't like, you know, the the cost that it would cost to hire a car or something to go and get it sort of it's expensive, not even sort of it is it is expensive. So that's why I guess people will end up, you know, perhaps buying off furniture companies that are cheap and cheerful, but might include delivery. And that's the way that they they can access those things or even in terms of clothes and I, you know, I, I definitely, there's some things that I can find in secondhand shops and that are great, you know, things, jumpers, kind of jumpers and dresses mainly. But if I can't, I can't even fathom buying jeans in a secondhand shop that would like fit me and look nice or flatter me. I would look like awful, <laughs> awful majority of the time, because I mean, I have a hard enough time buying jeans in this country anyway, because the jeans in this country are not made for my shape but let alone in secondhand shops. So it's, um, it's, it's definitely not always possible because there, you know, there's a lot going around about like, oh, the old me buys sustainable brands, but the new me only buys secondhand. And it's like, great, that is wonderful. But even for someone to choose to buy sustainable brands, which are generally more expensive, but great, if you can do that, sort of local sustainable ethical brands fantastic like there's always it always sort of feels like there's like one more level and one more level for people to go to sort of truly be seen as sustainable or to kind of be doing it right and I think as long as everybody really tries to be conscious and does as much as they can like with everything and just what I always say you do as much as you can from where you are then they're doing amazingly you know if you know that there are certain things that they like I can buy these secondhand it's possible for me within my lifestyle within my income certain things I just can't because it just is not practical or it just you know even just for the sense of yeah like even for on a purely shallow level I cannot find anything that fits me or suits me so I can't buy that secondhand and also trawling through 
secondhand shops, secondhand furniture, secondhand like clothes shops, charity shops and stuff. You need a certain level of mobility as well. And so that's not always accessible for people. So I think just allowing people to do the best that they can within the circumstances that they have is always the best way. And it really can feel overwhelming in the sort of sustainability world where you sometimes just feel like you're just not there. You're just not good enough or you're not doing enough. But you are. You are. As long as you're just being intentional with where you are, then then you're, you're just you're doing great. You're really doing great. So we're coming into autumn now. I was very excited. Not that I ever wish away the summer. I love the summer, but I love the autumn as well. And I think this is the thing that I do enjoy living in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, and living in the UK. There are sometimes limited reasons why I love living here, but the seasons is one of them. And sometimes, yes, the seasons all blend into one and we don't quite know if we've had a change from spring to winter. But seeing the changes, when I've spent sort of extended periods of time, I spend a lot of time in Cuba and in the Caribbean, obviously, you just, I think it just, it's like hot and then it's a bit more hot. And, and the days are, the days and nights don't change in terms of their shortness. You're closer to the equator, so it gets dark at like seven and that's it. Or six or seven or seven. And that's it all year round. And so there's no kind of like long evenings and stuff. And I miss that. I love having the long evenings of summer and then feeling them get shorter, shorter and shorter. And we've obviously got the equinox coming up in September, September the 22nd, around September the 22nd is the autumn equinox. So the days and nights are equal after the days have been getting shorter from the longest day in June. And they get shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter until the winter solstice, which will be around, I think, December the 21st. And that will then be the shortest day and the longest night. And that's, you know, the traditionally the time of waiting for the sun to come back and hoping and and faith and waiting for the sun to return. And then the days will get longer and longer and longer again until the spring equinox and longer and longer and longer and longer again until the summer solstice. And just, yeah, I always look forward to that. And I know winter can really seem hard and not seem hard it can be hard and it is hard but I always feel once you get over that hump of the winter solstice and you know the days are getting longer that they're getting longer and then when that spring you know the spring equinox equinox hits you know you're kind of out of the woods so yeah I love the changing of the seasons and autumn always feels like a time of preparation you know autumn was obviously the traditional time late summer and autumn the traditional time of the harvest gathering in all the food preparing for winter which would happen around the time of the harvest moon well it was judged by the time of the harvest moon and I've seen some conflicting uh, sources about when the harvest moon is slash was some people said the harvest moon was early September but it's basically supposed to be the full moon closest to the the autumn equinox which is obviously the 22nd of September so I think it's actually going to be the one on the 1st of October but that would be the time of gathering all the crops preparing for winter having the harvest festival the harvest feast and then yeah just getting ready to bed down for winter and it feels really lovely to kind of be aware of these traditions and because we're not growing our own food anymore in that way or like we're not reliant only on the food that we grow people are obviously growing food now and still but maybe not solely where 
they are only reliant on it. So you forget about this way of life where you had to do this stuff and the moon, you know, dictated much of the the seasonal growing and it just feels it just feels like a really really nice thing to remember and hopefully when i start growing food when i get the sort of space and the opportunity to do that i can be a lot more intentional about living by these seasons and living by the moon you know the moon cycles i don't know if anybody remembers having harvest festivals in school but we used to have it in primary school and sing all things bright and beautiful the the, the hymn and stuff and it was really sweet it was really fun but obviously coming into autumn now we're seeing a different food season um in the uk we're seeing apples the bramley apples coming into season which just means crumbles in abundance figs are coming into season which is lovely because i love figs and the ones that i've seen in the green grocers are like four for 3.95 because they're coming from spain which is a madness so obviously eating locally and eating seasonally is the way to go just for everything because no one out here has time to pay 3.99 basically a pound of fig is just ridiculous so that's great pears coming into season we've got all the squashes now beginning to come into season butternut squash pumpkins kale it's it's going to be lovely it's that kind of classic time of autumn autumn feast and coming to halloween and squash season so it's going to be lovely to really enjoy what is now in season for us to eat that actually leads me nicely to talk about an event that's happening on Wednesday the 9th of September. So that will be tomorrow by the time this podcast is released. The fantastic organisation, Land in Our Names, Lion, um, of whom Jazina Callist, who was a former guest on the podcast, is a co-founder, is holding an online webinar in conjunction with the Land Workers Alliance, which is a fantastic organisation, also Land, Land Workers Alliance UK, and Leah Penniman of Soul Fire Farm, who Jacina talked a lot about because Jacina went to visit Soul Fire Farm in the US and Leah Penniman has written the book Farming While Black. And the webinar is on building an anti-racist farming movement in the UK. So I've bought my ticket and you guys definitely need to as well. I will link the, um, the event in the episode captions. It's going to be amazing. Also, in terms of other events, this Saturday just gone. So that was the 5th of September was the second London Black Girls Hike event. So I was away for the first one, which is such a shame because it was this truly epic gathering of black women walking Epping Forest. And it looked amazing, looked absolutely amazing. And then they had a second one, which was a reduced capacity. And I was too slow on the registration. So <laughs> it completely booked up before I managed to. So if you're a black woman in London who wants to hike, keep an eye out for their next event. I'll link them in the description box below as well. Um, and they also do walks in other parts of the country. So they've got kind of various leaders now doing walks in different areas. Um, the main ones are sort of up in Manchester, Manchester, the Lakes, Peak District, but there's some Midland walks and then, yeah, now there's the London walks. So do keep an eye out for that. I'm really looking forward to being able to get on one finally. So now I guess we can just move into the interview. I've already talked a little bit about what Emma does and she's going to introduce herself properly as well. I think... That's all I really need to say. You're going to have a great time listening to her and I will just play it now. So let's just take it away from here. Emma, thank you so much for joining me on the Green Soul Grace podcast. It's so wonderful to have you. As I mentioned before, 
Um, Emma was the creator of the original um, collection of the Green Soul Grace uh, cutlery rolls and Yay! helped bring my idea to life, which was so incredible. So I owe a lot to Emma and her vision and her creativity. Oh, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Honestly, honestly. And your craftsmanship is just amazing. So thank you so much for being here. Um, could you introduce yourself and what you do in your own words? Oh, okay. Well, thank you again for having me. Um, so yeah, my name is Emma, echo for everyone who's listening. And I run a company called, well, business actually called Mama Luna. And I use that as a platform to teach women and young girls about the benefits of Yoni steaming, um, what Yoni actually is, um, like where it comes from, the herbs, the physiology, um, women's anatomy. And I make Yoni steam seats, I run workshops, and I also make reusable sanitary towels. So yeah, that's what Mama Luna is. That's amazing. That's incredible. And I guess for those that aren't familiar, what is Yoni steaming and where did it originate? Okay, so Yoni steaming, it's like steaming your face, but you mm. literally steam your yoni mm-hmm. and um your yoni is literally everything down there and i say that <laughs> down there yes yeah <laughs> um, so that's it's your ovaries it's your endometrium it's your egg tube some people call it the fallopian tube but i don't because that's named after a man and i'm uh, not yeah <laughs> fallopian. yeah exactly mm. so i just call it the egg tube mm-hmm. it's um the womb which is also the uterus it's mm-hmm. the cervix it's the canal, which is also the vaginal canal, but yeah, that's also named after like a man. I'm just not for that. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, it's our vulva, and the vulva is the outside part that you can see. So that's the clitoris. It's the um, opening of your canal. It's um, like your mound. It's mm-hmm. your inner and outer labia. Amazing. So all of those make up the yoni mm-hmm. and even the word yoni itself is sanskrit or ancient indian for yes. gate, temple gateway oh wow yes we are all walking around with a gateway. just a, gateway. just a gateway just out here <laughs> <laughs> open it up <laughs> that's incredible i knew it was a sanskrit word but i didn't know that it meant that that's amazing yeah yeah yes yeah, so that- Yes, that's where that comes from. But Yoni steam in itself comes from South Africa. And Ah. yeah, so that started there. It's estimated between 2,500 to 3,000 years ago. So Mm -hmm. it's not anything new. In terms of where it comes from in South Africa, um, just don't know. Just because like land, borders and territories are constantly changing. But we know it's from South Africa. Southern Africa in that way. Yeah. Yeah incredible okay so that's that's where it um okay so the origins of that and then I guess what a lot of people would be very interested to know because that's quite a radical thing for some people like we were just saying before we started recording what we talk about in a lot of our circles you know the Mm. the, the fact of yoni steaming and various stuff is completely normalized but I know for some people it is totally outlandish outlandish you know something mm-hmm. oh, even vulgar or just something wild yeah um, for people that have never heard of it before or even people that have heard of it and don't know much about it what are the benefits of yoni steaming what does it do for you oh where do i, I mean even... like, where do you even start with that i know yeah uh, yeah i just say let me just start with like some of the basics and especially like the physical um benefits so one is like 
better sleep so yeah. it's great for sleep it's great for relaxation it's really good if you have mild insomnia mm. it's really good if you experience um, anxiety um, and panic attacks as well mm. it's really really great for for your periods so oh, pardon me so it's great in terms mm. of <clears throat> if you have a heavy flow mm-hmm. it helps to lighten it mm-hmm. it helps to shorten the duration of your period you shouldn't wow. really be on for any longer than five days in total oh wow that's an absolute misconception then that we feel that we that we know these days that's like oh standard seven days wow no 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 mm-hmm. it down shortens it down mm-hmm. um, what I say so it makes it lighter shortens it down it regulates it as okay. well so yeah it's regulating your cycle um it's absolutely amazing for um boosting fertility uh, mm. as well it's great for women who are, are perimenopausal so it just really helps to balance out the hormones that just like the, the yeah the hormonal change that's taking place during yeah menopause and then also menopause as well so it's great yeah. for that yeah it's great mm-hmm. post-menopausal women as well because it boosts the amount of estrogen that's um, needed in the body so it stops your um, bones from being brittle um yes. and that's like things like arthritis mm. and like dry skin um it's great for post what's that word po- for women um who are postpartum postpartum as well. so yeah this- <laughs> Just tightens it all back up. Tighten that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Getting back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great for it's great for that. Um, it's great for I suppose, especially when it comes to postpartum. If there are any, if there have been any like cuts or tears, yeah, yeah, natural, any natural ones because it helps with rapid um, tissue repair. It's great yes. for that. Um, it's great oh for helping if on a detox as well. So it's great for detoxification. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, great for that. And then if we move more into the sort of like, I don't want to say like esoteric, like spiritual stuff, mm, mm. Great for helping when it comes to um, meditation. Yes. It's really great for helping to put you back in touch with your body, especially yeah. like actual yoni, because we just don't have much of a connection to a relationship that. with it. Absolutely. Yeah. So disconnected. Precisely. So it's really great because you can actually physically feel what's going on during a steam. Yes. As- um so then at least then you can actually like get your mind to connect to, to mm-hmm. the area so it's, it's great it's great for that um it's great for steaming and actually like having an intention as well just because again like our yoni is 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 where life begins it's a, it's a massive just like house of it's energy the of ultimate creation. portal of of everything isn't it Exactly. Hence why it's called Yoni. Yeah, so it's, so it's the gate, the gateway mm-hmm, to everything. Precisely. So it's great for setting setting an intention. Yeah. And um, then just like really using the power of your Yoni to be like, what do I need? How do I get this? And yeah. Or, or, or just whatever. So it's, it's great for that. Um, something that's really, really important for women to know as well is that we have um, up to... I don't know how to fully describe this actually, but it's great for basically tracing our matrilineal heritage yeah or lineage shall I shall I say yeah um, because obviously we come from our, our mother but then we'll also we will also in our grandmother's in our gram- oh my god when yeah. I read that information it just blew my mind How it's incredible. crazy isn't it yeah it's crazy yeah. that all so of the just- eggs that they carry you know that your grandmother already had those eggs oh excuse me uh-huh. computer <laughs> um uh so yeah you were already in your grandmother's 
yeah body essentially like how incredible imagine like the whole like all of that energy that all just that that the life that your grandmother lived she passed that your mother and the life that your mother's lived and then that now us it's just like and if you look further 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 back it's just like gosh how much are we actually carrying yeah so it's good to be able to again like trace our matrilineal um heritage it's great for you know it's it's great for i forgot to actually say it's great for just like boosting libido it's great for like boosting um like lubrication a lot of young women especially if they're on contraception um experience dryness um Mm. and then postmenopausal women experience dryness as well so great for great for that Mm -hmm. as well but um those are just some of the benefits (laughs) or basic benefits some of it's just incredible it's like just and i'm sure that there's so many more not even covered and Mm. I mean, how did you get into, how did you discover or get into or that the curiosity about this practice was awakened in you? When did that happen? Uh, so what year are we in now? So we're in 2020. I feel like I maybe got into this, I want to say maybe, it feels like it's about six years ago now. Okay. So I've always, been, I've always been into natural health. Yes. And I've always been into women's empowerment and the two paths just ended up, yeah. I don't know if yeah. I like they just met the match they, made in heaven yeah and um i heard heard about a book called sacred woman by karina mm-hmm. fuwa and went out and bought it and in that book it mentioned yoni steaming yeah but at the time when i read it i was not in a place where mm. i was comfortable with my yoni or even mm. just saying i was just like no down there or bad <laughs> or yeah so just not being in a place of empowerment or having that connection to just to my body in general, especially in my yoni. I read yeah. about yoni and I was just like, what devil's magic is this? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like I said, it's, it can be so outlandish, like for people. And again, because we've been so disconnected from the magic yeah. of our bodies, especially just as yeah. women generally, yeah. you would be like, what the fuck? Like, and just, and, and just think it's disgusting. Think it's dirty. Think it's like some, you know, if you're coming maybe perhaps from a, a organized religious background as well, some devilish thing, you know, well, you know what I was just about to say mm. like it's crazy because I left church I definitely stopped going to church maybe around 2008 and completely like distanced myself mm. from, just from religion in general because I'm, I'm just not a religious person I'm just not but like the programming the conditioning yeah, it sticks about being a woman oh. and just connection to your body was still in my head and it was just like I'm there with this book and all this conditioning that sort of like comes yeah. back to me. It's yeah. just like, mm. yeah. I might as well have been Pope Francis himself because I wow. was just like the, the devil stuff. I was just wow. like, be gone. <laughs> <laughs> I rebuke me in the name of your name. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. But wow. I mean, but I mean also at the same, at the same time, I was re- been, re- been reading the book, um, and even even leading up to the part where I read about Yoni Steam, and I was just yeah. read so many so many things about like, the history of the womb and like how we've become disconnected from it. Reading other women's stories, so there were so many things that I could actually relate to. Yeah. Um, and the thing that actually made me try it is just that I was actually not just like not in the best place in my life at mm. all. I just like experienced like a really horrible like domestic violence. Um, um, mm. yeah, just experience and was yeah. just like 
through like a court case and having to mm. put together statements and just yeah just not great yeah and I was just like I just really wasn't fully able to participate in everyday life yeah and just just at rock bottom and so I was just like do you know what I'm gonna give Yoni Steeman a go because what have I got to lose, to lose. Really? yeah yeah and yeah. I, I did it I just got the herbs wow. um who I know makes Yoni makes the blend mm. I literally got a like a really massive pot <laughs> yep yep you do it oh do you do it like rago style you just do Proper. the basic style it was yes like style and I was yep. like do you know what it was amazing even though wow. I did it over over I was just like squatted over a pot for maybe mm-hmm. about like 10-15 minutes mm-hmm. um it felt amazing that like, was the first time I'd slept in wow. about I don't know three months like full-on oh, straight Emma, wow hours, like non-interrupted I didn't have no flashbacks no nightmares no <sighs> nothing and I swear down I swear down I woke mm. up and I felt like I was what's her name um Storm from X Men. Ah, <laughs> just the just the world. Amazing, and I mean, I guess you've sort of explained a little bit about it, but how has this practice then changed your life? You know, not only obviously it's your it's it's your business now, but just personally, how has this practice changed your life? Oh, I almost want to be like, how hasn't it changed my life? The first, <laughs> it I just feel so much more empowered when it comes to first of all my body and yeah. really reclaiming that for. Yeah myself mm-hmm. um and the thing is it's just like that's connected to so many things it's not like just because my body was just like just like one separate thing I ended up I had to literally it's given me the power and the courage to literally like completely recondition my my mind because what I did with Yoni steaming is that I had I wanted to look and almost like do research into why we didn't even know about this mm. in the first place um so I had the courage to actually like really delve deep into religion. When I say religion, for me personally, I only really looked into the Abrahamic religion. So what Christianity, Islam and Judaism, Mm -hmm. uh, really looked into those to be like, okay, how did that, you know, what are the stories that are told around women within this? And, you know, even like just looking at the stories of women in the Bible, I was just like, well, it's just so limiting, so negative and just literally coming from a place of subjugation. Yeah. And then even from that, I was just like, oh, okay, well, what about different women in um, spirituality, like actual like goddesses? And and so found out so much about different um, forms of goddess worship that took place in like the Middle East and like different temples and which what, what I say temples are now ruins now or maybe churches and mosques were built over them mm-hmm. um, and yeah I, it, I, I definitely say it started from starting from there so for me it was with, with religion it was just like okay I'm reclaiming my body yeah. I'm reclaiming how I feel about my body how yeah. I relate and express myself within my yeah. body yeah um, then it was just like okay from there it was just like I'm reclaiming my my womanhood because I was always taught mm-hmm. that um as a woman, I exist for a man, and yeah. that's it. So mm-hmm. Either for his own sexual pleasure or mm-hmm. um, bearing children, bearing. just as a vessel. Exactly, and I was mm-hmm. just like, "But where, where, where am I within that yeah. story? Like, yeah. What about me?" Yeah. And even I was just like, "For flip's sake, like I have played to this role of gender for yeah. such a it hasn't served me." And when mm-hmm. I think about that, I was just like, Mm-mm. No, I, mm. for me, 
me. I can't ever see myself being a mother. I don't mm. particularly marriage just isn't something that I really think about. It's just mm-hmm. it's just not who I am. Absolutely. So I claimed my narrative around womanhood and yeah. really for my own self. Yeah, so really examined it. It changed my life and so yeah. it's so many ways it's on a massive level it's just like my life my present whatever for me myself yeah. i'm live and exist for my own self and also it's really just made me think oh, i i just want to be wild and free you know yeah. i mean yeah woman, i don't want to be nice i don't want to be mm-hmm. quiet i don't want to mm-hmm. be approachable i don't want to yeah. be moldable yeah you know yeah because that just plays straight into the patriarchy. Why do yeah. I have to deal with that just so a man can approach me? Yeah. For what? <laughs> what? What's he going to offer? What? For what? <laughs> it's just like, mm-hmm. no, I've got better things to do with, yeah. with time. And it's yeah. really helped me. Like Every single time on my Yoni Steam seat, I'm just like, okay, I want to dig even deeper into my world, free, mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. womanness. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not, I'm not a tamer person. I'm yeah. not, and again, it's just, it's because I'm just. This is who I, who I am. I literally sit on, um, yeah. I sit. I feel the steam. I connect with it, and I'm just like really thinking from my heart and like from from my own. Just to yeah. be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is my time for me to connect with mind, body, spirit. Yeah, and it's a time when I can be my most freest, and that's when I really see myself. Yes, and the all the wildness that is. I suppose like me as an individual, but definitely like as, as a woman as well. And then the next, the next thing is that I'm just like, okay, well, how do I, how, like, I'm literally just like Yoni. Yeah. How do I live life? How do wow. I live woman freeness? Because yeah. we, in a world that's been taught, well, for women, we've been mm. taught it's not, it's not safe to be, wow, it's not safe to be outspoken, you know. Yeah. The repercussions mm-hmm. of things like rape or apparently, mm-hmm. oh, you never get married or, mm-hmm. you know, just basically mm-hmm. facing some sort of form of social, social isolation. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's how it's has an effect on me. Just really just allowed oh. me to sink my roots deeper deeper yeah. deeper deeper just and I guess it's a practice that will constantly reveal itself further and further exactly like you yeah. say it's like meditation it's not like you just get to a level where it will always be the same there will be something which you further and further and further that you will learn about yourself precisely and, and learn about your situation so it's just never ending it's just the ultimate mm. companion the ultimate permanent companion you mm. know that will forever teach you In, incredible and I mean I was going to say why I guess I was going to ask why is this practice so important for women to reclaim but I guess it's it's for exactly for those reasons for every single woman to have that experience to Mm. understand and to start unlearning unlearning the patriarchy you know and and learning Mm. the patriarchy that we ourselves reproduce because we have been you know we have been probably a product of the patriarchy you know we've reproduced it ourselves yeah and you must see so you know because you hold um your only steaming circles mm. and obviously i guess you're not doing them as much in person at the moment they're online um yeah. circles but you must have seen the journeys of so many women and come to that point it must have been an, it must be an incredible thing to see the awakening of mm. women as they begin and further in that journey yeah yeah honestly it's the mm. best thing ever mm. it is the best thing 
ever to be able to hold that type of space. It's the best thing ever to be able to hold space. And yeah, like you said, be able to see that journey. And to be honest, you know what? I don't even feel like I'm really doing that much. I'm literally mm. just providing a safe space for us to have these conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's literally it because the thing is for myself the way the way I just work is that I'm I don't want anyone to come to me as if I'm the one that's a holder of this mm. knowledge if if that makes sense like yes. again all I'm doing is facilitating because yeah. all of the things that I speak about in terms of like the courage the the power the just even just that sort of like fuck this shit energy it's mm-hmm. already there within it's us already there it just needs the coaxing and the safe space yeah so mm-hmm. all i'm doing really is providing a safe space for us to have these conversations and i think because i'm just so open about speaking about my experiences um and sharing yeah just sharing about my personal life it's not to say it gives permission it's just it allows women to be able to to connect and yeah. know from a real place within me like I've already I'm on this journey I've already been on on that walk so yeah. I ask them to feel safe to be like actually yeah I've had this experience or you know I yeah. know someone who- yeah absolutely about that herb already so yes I can go to her and yeah. blah 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 you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yeah, all, all I'm doing is providing is providing the space like we've already, and that's one of the things I really make clear in my workshops. Everything we need is already within it's us. Already in that space to, on that person to help bring it bring it out, and the fact that we 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 are just such powerhouses, yeah, uh, beacons of whatever we want to be. It's mm-hmm. literally that form to be able to oh. let that. Show. It's just it's incredible. It's incredible, and I mean. Why do you feel, or do you feel, and if you do, why do you feel that this practice is especially important for black women as well? You know, oh, 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 my mm. God. <laughs> because, ah, oh, we need to, there's just, we need to reclaim our bodies. We need yeah. to reclaim our bodies and we need to reclaim our practice. So if I just think to speak about reclaiming our bodies, yeah. um, we need to reclaim that, especially when it comes to gynecology, because there's mm. so much within the, gyne- the field of gynecology yeah. that has come because of the experiments that were um, done on mm-hmm. the bodies. On black body, like black women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And like the, the medical field does not want to speak about this at all. Mm-hmm. Does mm-hmm. not want to speak about it. Does not want to acknowledge it. And because of that ignorance, the amount of black women who are experiencing horror and terror at yeah. the hands of doctors there's nurses yeah. gp healthcare professionals yeah. um simply because they just they just don't understand the history of yeah. healthcare and gynecology like yeah uh, the, the, oh it, it it just makes me so it just makes me so mad because yeah. it's just like the stories that were told by these 16th and century 17th century gynecologists and mm. the, just the dichotomies that they came up with just to yeah. make themselves better yeah. saying that people don't have as many nerves so we don't oh, feel as many black, pain. Just, in just, what world does that you, even make sense bruv you can only you you know it's laughing out of disgust like you can only yeah. it's just insane and I mean obviously we've seen recently which is something that we all knew but it's then actually been put into statistic is that you know black women are five times is it five times more likely yeah. to die um, um, in childbirth and in, yeah. the, in the sort of the maternal the maternity cycle the maternity situation yeah. 
than their white counterparts, white mm-hmm. and non-black counterparts. And for anybody that doesn't have, doesn't believe that there is a discrimination and an oppression and a direct, like not even just like an ignorance of neglect, but like a willful implementation mm-hmm. of malpractice not just mm-hmm. neglecting like malpractice on yes. the site of black bodies and especially black women mm-hmm. knowing statistics like that and knowing what the black body has been subject to and the black female body has been subject yeah. to yeah it cannot be denied you know it cannot be exactly. denied and exactly yeah so of course like connecting to your body and especially connecting to your yoni where it yeah. has also you know and and as we know the hypersexual or the oversexualization of black women yeah. as well yeah. to understand to connect to it in a way yeah. that it's different not just as an accessory of mm-hmm. you know or uh, not just as something that is in relation to sex with a man or for a man or you know yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, literally, you just touched on that because that—that's—that's that's another thing. Mm-hmm. Even even during the um, period of en- en- enslavement, when there were white mm-hmm. slave masters um, raping black women, they didn't even see it as rape because they were just like, "Oh, okay, well, they've got bigger butts, which means they they want it, or they've got bigger labias or clitoris, yeah. um, so they they clearly want it. They clearly yeah. want it, and it's like." in what world yeah. in what world and yeah. that has just because that has never been challenged because that hasn't been spoken about and like mm. you said because there's a willful ignorance around it that mm. way of thinking has been has has evolved yeah. even to, to to now like just the yeah. oversexual still perpetuated of, yeah precisely mm-hmm. and i'm just like that's why i'm just like okay we really need to reclaim our bodies and i really want to hold circle specifically for black black women because yes. Uh, we our, our our bodies are um looked upon almost like as a fashionable fi- as fashionable thing yes. by non-black um mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. so when i think about the fashion industry when mm-hmm. i think of um the aesthetics or should we say sort of like plastic surgery yeah. industry and yeah. obviously people the family like the kim kardashians like mm-hmm. everyone it's black, the black, black aesthetic body. you know so mm. to speak yeah so i'm mm-hmm. just like no just reclaim this for ourselves like there are times when i've been out clubbing mm. and like, it's crazy because like, I'm, I'm quite petite but i do have curves in it i've been out and there will be like some non-white person who comes up to me it's just like oh i wish i had your curves or oh my gosh you've got like the best like lips ever and it's just <sighs> like could you not just fetishize me please just it's one day is this a day ending in why oh someone's fetishizing like a black yeah. person like oh it must yeah. be. Oh, then, then then guys will then say that and it's just yeah. like a woman saying that to me it's just it's annoying but mm. there's no risk to my safety but then yes. when a guy says that mm-hmm. there is a risk to my safety because like one of the most dangerous things a woman can say is no yeah. and it's again especially so for black women because we mm-hmm. are hypersexualized. Yeah. So it's just if we say no, we're opening ourselves up to danger. It's just like, well, yeah. you're a sex machine, you've got this big butt and massive clitoris and big big dicks up and lips. Like what oh. do you mean? That's what yeah. you were made for. Yeah. I just think the amount of dangerous situations I've been in simply because someone has fetishized my body because of this narrative that's been yeah. perpetuated for goodness knows how many centuries yeah. is ridiculous. And yeah dragged down little alleyways simply oh. because i no, you know oh I mean, emma yeah mm. it's 
I'm just like, how many? How many women in general, but especially black women, have these? Yeah, have these. Just so many stories. So mm. many, just, just consistently. Of like, oh, why yeah. didn't you? Why did? Why didn't you not give him? You know, why didn't you say no and not give him your number? Or blah blah. It's like, yeah. do you think I wouldn't if I haven't lived with the experience of having to exactly. navigate these situations and yeah. having to fear? For, you know, is it better that somebody has my number that I could then potentially block as opposed to my yeah. safety being compromised because yeah. someone thought that they could follow me off the bus and ask me, and there's nobody. Around so I have to say yes because I'm scared yeah. of my you know scared for my safety safety yeah, yeah exactly so I'm just like yeah it's incredibly important yeah. to use these again especially for black women so that we can reclaim our bodies and again just for ourselves yeah. especially and but oh gosh there are so many layers to this mm. I think another layer is because we come from a community that says race first not gender so if we mm. do bring up anything that is to do with our gender and again yes. that's all the the ownership of our bodies were not listened to yeah yeah you know oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. To. so it's yeah just reclaim 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 yeah reclaim, reclaim. i mean yeah uh, absolutely absolutely and I know, well, I don't really know what the, um, what are the kind of herbs that are used generally for yoni steams? And I guess you can take any of them and make a blend or you can do single ones and the different ones will do different things and touch on different stuff. You're looking very, ever, you can't see the video. <laughs> Emma's looking incredibly <laughs> excited because this is like, yes, this is my time. <laughs> it really is. This is my time to shine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my absolute most favorite part of yoni yes. steam yes um, so i'd say just in gen in general when doing a yoni, a yoni steam on mm. average it's good to have maybe about seven or eight herbs in mm. and some of the most common ones or ones that you're most likely to get in all blends are lavender mm. um, do you want a rundown of like some of the benefits oh please tell, absolutely absolutely okay tell the people so, then yeah please so mm-hmm. lavender is really great for um it's an antispasmodic so it relaxes your mm-hmm. muscles yes of course um, like sleep and that's why it's so used yeah mm-hmm. yeah precisely so when during, during a yoni steam it, it slows down the rate of your heartbeat mm-hmm. um and it also just like when i say it, it relaxes your yoni muscles it relaxes mm-hmm. them and also relaxes your hip muscles as well mm-hmm. so it's really great for helping your body to go from parasympathetic, which is sort of like normal situation, to sympathetic, which is when you're totally rested. Incredible. So that's lavender. Yeah. Yeah. There's chamomile. Chamomile is a calmant, and that also helps to relax your muscles, but that's much better um, as, yeah, just helping you to keep calm. So for people who experience anxiety or panic attacks, it's really great because it helps um, if you are ever in a situation of like, sudden panic mm. but there's nothing that to actually panic from chamomile will help to stop the production of cortisol which is the main stress hormone yes and since it stops the production of cortisol that will it it won't activate your adrenal system mm. so then your basically your um adrenal glands won't release sugar into your blood system for oh, like them wow. yeah oh wow so it's amazing mm. for, for and then you've got rosemary. Rosemary yeah. is an amazing cleanser. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, it's so good. It's mm-hmm. almost like, uh, what's that thing? Um, uh, a brush. Think of it mm-hmm. as like a mm-hmm. 
like a nice exfoliant to help just like keep the lining of like your womb super squeaky clean wow Uh, yeah and as an oil it weighs quite a lot so when you do steam and um there are any tissue cells that are broken down and need to Mm. be eliminated from the womb the rosemary after a while will help to actually like physically draw these things yeah as well there's red rose petals which smell amazing i can imagine yeah yeah yeah, those are a nervine herb. So again, if you're feeling particularly stressed or mm-hmm. anything, um, send it works specifically again with your nervous system. Um, so yeah, stop the production of cortisol and to help with the production of oxytocin and serotonin, mm-hmm. which are um, mood boosters. Mm-hmm. So, but it's also a uterine herb as well. So it's great for women who have experienced postpartum or if um you've experienced like a prolapsed womb because it just helps to tighten mm. your muscles again yes yes so of that there's raspberry leaf which is amazing yeah. raspberry leaf so, is incredible isn't it yeah great, so great yeah. to drink raspberry leaf tea when you're when you're on your period it's a fantastic that one the, yes yeah that specifically helps your uterine muscles which is again like you'll just think of your like actual canal canal mm-hmm. muscles to help strengthen those during your period mm-hmm. there's um, mugwort so mugwort is really good for helping to regulate your mm-hmm. cycle mm-hmm. there's motherwort which is help great for helping to bring on your cycle mm-hmm. so because you're not supposed to steam obviously when you're on your cycle no are you? No, no, no. no so before no. or after after yeah, yeah. just not on your not, yes yeah yeah exactly and then i'm just i'm just looking at sort of like my, my box of herbs yeah over. yeah okay. <laughs> quite a few i'd say you know what those seven those seven are quite oh, the kind of most common sort of yeah. staple like yeah. ones and you can do like a so knowing that each of those have their own very useful quality you can have yeah. one or all you know depending on what it is that you feel that you need yeah with the steam yeah exactly and then mm-hmm. like just blend blend them up for different for different different uses use of those so for myself personally i tend to go with whatever intention I've maybe set for for the month or something mm-hmm. I'm working on or something yeah. and then get herbs yeah that yeah will correspond with those and it will correspond with that and do you like to steam um in accordance to the moon cycle as well I mean are you kind of are you kind of in sync with the moon cycle generally I I am in general which is mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. and yeah I do try to yeah, steam with the moon cycle. So my favourite time to steam is on the new moon. On the new if, moon, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I can, which is absolutely great. That's the time to and set new intentions, isn't it, with the new precisely. moon? Yeah. And yeah, if you're using the creative energy, so the, the, the new energy of, mm-hmm. of the new moon, and then mm-hmm. you're also using the creative power of your yoni, because yeah. I, I, the way I describe it is that your yoni has the power to create an actual physical human being life. <laughs> Literally. Uh, or at least, at least for most women, anyway. I don't want to mm. be ignorant that all women. Of course, can. of course. So, sorry to anyone who's experienced with fertility issues or anything, but mm. at least there's that there's that potential. So I think, why not use that creative energy and power? Yeah, yeah. create something new in your life. Whether that's put that towards a new project, put that towards, I don't know, a new hobby, or mm-hmm. just just something, just something new. Yeah. So. So there's there's that, but yeah, I try to steam mainly with the new moon and with the um, full full moon as well. Mm-hmm. And I guess if like you know, like you you just sort of mentioned, obviously 
there are many different bodies which do or don't do various things like you say yeah. you know some people you know it's not all being a woman is not just about being able to have a child you know or get pregnant yeah. or yeah. at all but there is still regardless of um uh conceiving and conception like the mm. biological conception there's still the power of the creativity and the power of mm. of growth with you know within within the yoni which i yeah. think is a really wonderful thing and i mean have you experienced that with people who aren't doing it or don't are you know don't have the desire or the you know that's not what they do or can do you know perhaps of conceiving but yeah appreciate and um utilize yoni steaming as a portal of just power generally yeah you know, regardless because that is incredibly important and incre incredibly significant as well i know I haven't, I haven't phrased it quite well you know but i just it's like you say it's it's so important to be you know understanding and respectful of the you know the variety of the ways that our bodies as women you know come in and the things that we yeah. do and we don't do you know and i'm sure that there's stuff in yoni steaming that can be incredible for so many people you know regardless mm. of regardless of that yeah you know, yes yeah, so the power really lucky. I'm, yeah i'm really lucky every single month i meet or whenever i, I basically run, run a workshop i always meet at least one woman who's just like yep yeah, nope i don't want children but i mm. still have this power so mm -hmm. i use that to create other mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. and it's, it's great because i'm just mm -hmm. like oh well how do you how like how please yeah. teach me <laughs> yeah yeah of course of yeah. course and yeah, yeah i do that as well especially during ovulation time mm -hmm. um, that's another thing you know i mentioned earlier on one of yeah. the benefits of steaming is um help to regulate your cycle mm. my cycle's been really regular that i know when i'm going to be ovulating so it's almost like i can plan yeah. to steam around then yes. or Maybe I can plan a ritual where mm -hmm. I use the energy of ovulation of and that ability. Yeah. Okay, well, what, what, how, like, yeah, what do I want this fertile energy to go yeah. towards? Yeah. It's, like, yeah it's just no. incredible i've and i've always it's something that i really hope to transition into at some point but because i use the coil you know the copper mm. coil i know that i can't yeah. do that at the moment so it's yeah. something i'm just like ah oh, but it's you know <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm planning on you know transitioning to a point where i can do um yoni steaming because i just i want all those benefits i want all the things <laughs> i want yeah. all the stuff that it will bring me so yeah. um you know just got to work out a few things and see if i can transition into that um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah i mean that's amazing and i mean i can imagine you feel that your practice of the yoni steaming guidance is even more impactful because you actually make the thrones like you make yeah. the steaming thrones for people so for those that don't know i mean emma mentioned it just in her introduction and i'll link all of the relevant stuff below but emma actually makes the yoni steaming thrones and they are beautiful and Thank so you're you. part of you you know you're you, you're involved in all aspects of yoni steaming. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's great i love it absolutely love mm -hmm. it and in fact the reason why i started making them is because after i did that my first steam and i, I was uh, shaking after even five minutes but i was, I was like no i'm gonna do this oh, i'm gonna gosh. do I can't do that again. No, and, it's, and it won't be like that. Won't be enjoyable, and it will be like a test of endurance as opposed to a pleasurable experience. <laughs> yeah, precisely, precisely. So I started looking for um, 
to buy a Yoni steam seat and they were all from America. They were mm. expensive and then there was shipping and I was just like, oh, mm. I just don't want to do that. And I was becoming a lot more environmentally aware at that time as well. Yeah. So you know what I'm a creative person I yes. can make one myself so the first one I actually made was out of a milk crate I just saw one oh, incredible and some polystyrene foam was going at work and yeah you know, I'm, I'm a really creative person anyway yeah. I love that um, yeah I love work with my hands love so I made that. yeah made my first one out of a milk crate love <laughs> it as a tester to be like okay yeah cool. yeah of it it was fab and then yeah just was just like yeah I'm gonna make pro- proper ones so it's been it's been really fab just to be able to go through the process of yeah getting different materials sourcing them and figuring out which ones are ethically made and coming from sustainable sources yeah. and then obviously actually like making them yeah myself yeah as well it's, it's great I love That's it incredible using your hands and being part of it on like on all levels and I mean so when did you start then making the reusable sanitary pads was that along the way did that kind of come as like an organic sort of offshoot of of the yoni steaming um, do you know what it did but that was i'd say maybe about a year and a half into it mm. and that was because i really wanted to start learning more so learning more just <laughs> learning more about period products yeah and again this was a bit further down the line as i was figuring out you know more ways to reclaim my body and i realized that the um menstrual product industry just really just, just do not give a fuck about women's bodies. They yeah. do not give yeah. a fuck. Bleach, chlorine, pesticide yeah. laden cotton. It's just like, Everything. great, thanks. Up in my, up in my nun. Great. <laughs> I was just like, you know, these adverts really try to make it seem as though they care and mm. all feminine hygiene products and da 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 It's just like, you don't give a fuck. We're just yeah. walking money signs. Yeah. As well and, as being environmentally unfriendly, it's actually harmful to our bodies. Exactly, exactly. And I was just like, yeah not doing it like not doing it so I started making yeah reusable sanitary towels as well and that's been that's been a lot of fun as as well it's been like really really cool Mm -hmm. and to make them look really nice as well like all made out of these different African prints beautiful like I say I'm gonna link everything below and I meant to ask this might be a bit of a silly question but would you ever be able to not not that i necessarily would but in case people might think that you could replace doing herbs for the yoni steam with essential oils would that be a no no because that would actually be on that oh on those bits no 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 so just for anybody who's listening thinking that maybe you could do you know a different version with some essential oils you're gonna burn up your ting so don't do that you seriously seriously will the thing is that, is that the herbs um, contain the oils anyway, and it's exactly. the steam that releases them. So mm-hmm. you don't need you don't need the oils. And with the oils, they're super concentrated, and once they touch any form of heat, they burn. So yes. they will literally burn the inside of you, and that's incredibly sensitive tissue. Yeah. You're going to lose so much to, um, nerves, and it's going to be incredibly difficult to operate on if you did need an operation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just don't do just it. Don't just do it. just don't. Do it just leave yeah. it, leave, leave it alone <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh gosh oh gosh well Emma just as always just such an incredible conversation 
thank mm-hmm. you so much you. for coming on the podcast and i also want to say that you have a podcast and so if you'd like to drop a little thing you know come shout out your podcast and again like i said i'm going to link everything below so people know where to find you where to run up on you on all the social medias and yeah. find out where you are so please <laughs> say a little bit about your podcast as well cause it's incredible Okay, thank you. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I've got a podcast with my best friend Esther and it's called mm-hmm. Woke Up Podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, literally a conversation between Esther and I on sexual and racial inequality in the UK. But yeah. it's very much coming from our viewpoint as a black woman and a white woman. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just how we've used our friendship to be able to explore race yeah. and, and gender. Mm-hmm. So that's that. And yeah, just go to instagram or just check the links in yeah, yeah this, this podcast for woke up podcast mm-hmm. but i do actually have another one that i'm starting oh is my god yes yes it's just called what sorry unapologetic unapologetic yes yes uh black sister circle that i'm oh, yes um, running mm-hmm. and yep that's going to be starting very very soon i actually want to holler at you oh um, holla at your girl talk to me yeah. talk to me black women environment and yes. sustainability but yeah that's the best platform that i'm going to be running it's for black women to yeah really really yeah. just discover our peace our wellness and it's a term that i'm hoping will go into collins or oxford dictionary mm-hmm. or it, urban dictionary will be fine even but <laughs> it's not frivolity like frivolous but frivolity like for us to thrive so it's just oh, like the frivolity of frivolity. it yes quality of it yes (laughs) I love that Emma man you're just you're just so about it I just when I was telling my sister that I was um doing uh, a recording podcast with you uh tonight and she just I mean she's just singing your praises she just thinks you're amazing it's just like oh she's just just incredible like oh she's just just on it and just about it like yeah you're so inspiring and that yeah this has been a wonderful conversation and I've learned so much and I'm sure everybody has learned so much as well and they know where to find you they will know where to find you to get any more information as well like I say they can run up on you on all the social media yeah (laughs) and know where to find you and um yeah I guess that's just amazing thank you so much for being a guest and yeah I just yeah I just oh my pleasure we will speak to you soon and we will see you soon and we'll see you on the internet somewhere yeah exactly and you'll be receiving a message from me very soon anyway wonderful wonderful thank you so much Thank you for listening to the Green Soul Grace podcast. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at, at @greensoulgrace and greensoulgrace.org for the blog, recipes, DIY projects and the Green Soul Grace Zero Waste Shop.